0: Getting you ready for a college football Saturday. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to BetQLU. As the introduction suggests, my name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright 929 espn I'm the host of the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show here on 92.9 FM ESPN. In Memphis, weekdays 2 to 4, you can stream it, of course, on the Odyssey app from anywhere. My co-host is RJ Choppy. He is also the co-host of the Shannon R.J. Show, Monday through Friday, 530 to 10 a.m. on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. You can follow R.J. on Twitter, at R.J. Choppy. R.J., I think if I had to define what we saw last week in college football, it was a big kind of shrug. It feels like we learned that, yet again, Georgia continues to be Georgia. And then after that, it felt like there were opportunities for teams to... Maybe stake their claim that they are for real, but no one really stepped up. How do you kind of see this weekend setting up?
0: Uh, well, hopefully it sets up better for my betting card than last week did, because that was a horrible beat that I got on Wake Forest uh, at, the, <laughs> at the very end there. Man, was that brutal! But uh, uh, so
1: my co-host, my co-host left his house with Wake up three scores. By the time he'd gotten back, Wake was down.
0: It's, it was nuts uh, I was doing the show the Saturday show with uh, uh you know uh, on VQL that you know we do every every Saturday and like I was deflated at the very end I I, I hope this week has lo- as more chaos to it for a lot of reasons but you know main reason is I love chaos I uh, this is what we this is what we dream about you know anybody who who, you know, like the the chalk is great, you know, like wonderful. Yeah, Alabama in there. Yeah, wonderful. George in there. like Those are the best teams. And at the end of the year, yeah, I want them in there. In the NCAA tournament, I want the upsets in round one and round two. I don't want the George Masons in the final four. I know we say we do, but I don't want that. I was at the VCU Butler final four. That was a horrible game at the end. I don't want that, but I want chaos on the way.
1: Yeah, I think what is interesting about it right now is. I think you can root for chaos for an additional reason. I think we all are kind of all rooting for the 12 team playoff and it feels inevitable and it feels like the best chance to hurry this up and not let these let these commissioners keep dragging their feet on this. Get the chaos, get a two loss Alabama in there maybe get a two loss big 10 champion in there. We'll get into that in a moment. You know, I have honestly, I thought one of the bigger takeaways from last week in the rankings was I kind of thought after Wake lost that game that we that they'd kind of just get dropped. They only fell to I think 11 and at yeah. that point, I think if they still win out, they're still going to and be an ACC champion with one loss at 12 and 1. Like I think they're still alive and to me, I think that's kind of the bigger picture to look at right now. It does feel like, with the way that the year is gone, you can make a case all the way down to what, probably A and M, and I believe A and M's at eleven. I think you can make a you can make a case that they all have a path, and so I guess Wake at twelve, Texas A and M's at eleven. But I think that's kind of the big story, right? Like, who's yeah. going to actually step up? Well, I'll tell you, I, I love two
0: things the committee did here. You know, first is uh, they don't seem to care about head-to-head, all
1: right? Like, well, it, it feels like like everything. I can tell you the one consistent aspect of the playoff committee, having watched this since its inception, they, they care about whatever they need to make the argument for why they have done it. Like, the truth yes. is – I think they kind of decide. Okay, here's how we're ranking them, and the reason why people get upset with the messaging is, they have to come up with a justification. But I honestly think a lot of what they're doing, RJ, I would imagine a lot of this is kind of Vegas power rating stuff. It might be. It might be. But you know, like Michigan over Michigan State,
0: you know, sure. I don't necessarily think that whoever wins the head-to-head is the better team, not in a one-game, you know, type uh, schedule, which is football,
1: and, and, a best and especially seven, when, and especially when. Did you notice Coach Harbaugh had a planted question, made sure to really get it out there that the Big Ten admitted officiating airs. Oh, yeah. So really the did. game didn't count. Didn't count at all. Uh so no. yeah,
0: so for that was one. And then the other thing is, and, and this is maybe my theory with Wake and why they didn't drop Wake very far. When you're up three scores on the road, I don't
1: need the final score to tell me who really won the game. I don't I mean, honestly. I think it's the same argument with Michigan. Like I know Michigan yeah. lost the game, but I mean Michigan was up 16 to you know at the end of the third to yeah. start the fourth. I don't. Yeah, like I I didn't need the final score
0: of that Carolina uh, Wake game to tell me that Wake was the better team. I knew Wake was the better team. You know how I know? They were up 45 27 on the road. Yeah. That's who the better team is. Who has the better quarter at the end? This crazy wild quarter. You know. Yeah, it's impressive and it's important to win the game. And winning the game is the ultimate goal. But. He who wins the game is not necessarily always the better team. And and, Carolina ain't better than Wake. We know that. And I knew that because I saw the first three quarters of that football game. I knew who the better team was. The better
1: team is the team that's up three scores on the road through three quarters. No, and I think it's a fair point. And, you know, like, let's take a look at Michigan. You know, I felt like watching that entire Michigan State game. I, I credit Michigan State for going for it and making and and making every decision to try to win the game. They deserve the win. And I think there's a reason why, you know, they're getting respect that they are. And I know when everyone's saying, well, they put Michigan in front of them. I really think that's kind of what it boils down to. What I what I took away from it is they are telling us that they think Michigan is better. And I think that's what's really fascinating setting up the rest of the month, because, you know, we had I think there was the assumption And I'm guilty of it, too. The Big Ten's getting someone in. But it is kind of fascinating to look at as now that Ohio State and CJ Stroud's shoulder appears to clearly be an injury and it's it's preventing them, I think, from going full Death Star. I look at Michigan and I think this is their best chance to beat Ohio State, but they could easily lose this weekend at Penn State. Purdue, we know they're the giant killers If if they're taking on a team ranked. One or two, they, they've got a, they've got as good a chance as anyone to knock them off. It does feel like there's a scenario for the Big Ten where kind of chaos reigns supreme, and I'm not certain they get someone in. I could see chaos reign supreme. I mean, I, I'd be really
0: surprised if they didn't get somebody in. That means that there's two SEC teams
1: and Cincinnati and Oklahoma, right? That's that's how we're gonna or, make it. If we're making the assumption that Oregon could lose again, which you know, you take a yeah. look at it right now, like. Yeah, they beat Washington. I don't feel like anyone watched that game and felt inspired. Now, they were playing in a torrential Seattle downpour and you know, but I mean at the end of the day, problem with Oregon, I think, is kind of a problem that we see with Cincinnati. They're both incredibly good teams with great defenses, but their offenses are just kind of limited. And yeah. because their offenses are limited, they really struggle to blow teams out. And then on top of that, you know, those offenses are just one or two key mistakes away from from losing a game. And I feel like if either one of those teams loses a game, they're now out. And, and, you know, you look at Oregon, they're gonna have to play Utah most likely twice. They gotta play them next week. Washington state has played really well, despite the fact that journalists don't want them to play well. And then on top of that with with Cincinnati, you've got Houston still left most likely in the AAC championship game. SMU feels like that they're playing with a coach that they know is, is going to another job. And so maybe it, it it breaks for them, but I'm still not convinced that, that Cincinnati can't lose. Oh, I'm not convinced they can't lose either. Uh, I, I, they absolutely can't
0: lose. But, but you're right. SMU, uh, and I hate to use the word quit, but let's just call it like it is. They, they, they look bad in their last couple games. And, and it's no surprise why they've looked bad. I mean, it completely coincides with the rumors of their coach taking just about any other job available. You know, like he was from Texas Tech. Now he's going to be now he's the front runner at TCU. Uh, meanwhile, Jeff Traylor down at UTSA signed a 10-year deal. And, and SMU's got cash. Uh, so surely they've tried to level him up. So either they've quit. I don't know where since that, like, that would have been the easy schedule to loss. You know, schedule to loss. I don't know yeah. where it is. They have, I mean, I didn't expect them to barely beat Tulsa and barely beat Tulane. I didn't expect that.
1: What do you where are you in Oklahoma? Because Oklahoma is another one of these teams that we we talk about. They they feel very vulnerable, mm-hmm. yet at the same time, I think they're starting to get a little bit healthier. I think they really needed the bye week, especially when you make a midseason quarterback change. It does feel like the opportunity is there for them to kind of push the pedal and say, hey, we are, you know, we're in this, we're in the playoff perennially for a reason. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, if you tell me they look kind of meh again this week, honestly, if you tell me that Baylor beats them, I've got Oklahoma on my card a little bit later, but I'm not stunned. Oh, look, uh, Oklahoma has not played
0: well this year. They have not played a great schedule either, and they have still not played well. Their schedule gets hard. You got Oklahoma State, you got Bedlam, you got Baylor um it, it gets more difficult you're probably gonna have one of those two teams again so it, it, it if Oklahoma wins out they clearly have to be in because they would have solid wins down the stretch and they would be recent uh but I am I am not convinced that I mean if I were to sit here right now like I, I would say yeah sure uh Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State would and should be prohibitive favors against Cincinnati uh I don't know that I could say the same for Oklahoma, that they be, they should be prohibitive favorites. I think they would be
1: as much of a dog to Georgia as Cincinnati would. I think you're probably right. You could tell me that the betting market ends up making Oklahoma a favorite just because, hey, in the end, like, they've got more players. You just go and look at the composite, you know, the, the composite talent ranking, and and you could tell me that, that that ends up being the case. Here's what I think is interesting, though. What if – Oklahoma trips up in one of these games, and then as you mentioned, most likely they're gonna have to play a rematch in the Big Twelve title game. Does twelve and one Oklahoma in your mind get left out? You know, you remember a couple years ago where it was TCU and
0: Texas Tech and Texas, the they first. all the same record or whatever it was? Yeah. Um and and or maybe it was Ohio State. It was that's what it was. It was TCU
1: It was TCU, Baylor, Baylor, it was TCU, Baylor, and Ohio State. Yeah. TCU and Baylor, despite Baylor winning the head-to-head, the Big 12, remember that was the one true champion year, and that was the year that they didn't declare a champion. They called them co-champions, and then it set the table for Ohio State to blow the doors off Wisconsin in that Big Ten championship game. And then I think, honestly, there was a lot of eye test on that. It's just like, yeah, I think the committee sat there and said, we think Ohio State's better. Turned out they were right. Ohio State won the national title (laughs) there. Yeah. So, a lot of people around here, and I I live in the DFW area, they all
0: thought the reason that TCU and Baylor didn't get in was the name on the front of their jersey. Oklahoma doesn't have to worry about that. They most certainly do not. Cincinnati does. And I think in this case, if it's a 12-1 Oklahoma and an undefeated Cincinnati, and we're looking at just those two teams against each other, Maybe Cincinnati is more deserving, but there is human nature involved with the committee that Oklahoma on that Jersey where it says Sooners, and that's a brand like that is a national brand. It really, and now it's not as big as Ohio state and it's not as big of a brand as Texas and you know Alabama, but that's a brand. And I, they don't have to worry about getting left out because they're a small private school uh, or because they're a you
1: know, group of five school. They don't have to worry sure. about that. They're Oklahoma. Where are you on Alabama? Because we had mentioned throughout the course of the season, it feels like that this was the perfect ripe for a no apparent reason Alabama in the Citrus Bowl year. And then they beat, you know, they beat Michigan State by 50 and then they, they turn the page to next year and then they're the Death Star next year. It is interesting though, very vulnerable at times this year they still clearly are very talented, and they still f- are figuring out ways to win. Where are you on them right now? Because I gotta tell you, man, right now, particularly on the offensive line, they have not inspired confidence. No. Uh, I think they're a good
0: team. Uh, are they one of the? F- are they truly one of the four best teams in the country, or are they Alabama? Uh, I think they're they're not – I don't think they're the second best team in the nation. I think Ohio State's better than they are right now if 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 Stroud's healthy. Um, but, like, who am I replacing them with? That's how I always say. If not them, who yeah. am I going to replace them with? I don't know that I have a clean answer for that. Uh, I know they've got loaded up five stars. I know if they're playing their game, they're a great team. I also see that they could struggle with a team that has quit in LSU. And, and I don't care how big of a rivalry that may be and how big of a game that is. No. There's no reason that they should have won that game by a Cincinnati-type score. Like, that's yeah. not what they should have done. They should have done that. They should have blown them out. It was, it was, it was a 28-point spread or something like that. I mean, there's no way. 28 and happened. a half.
1: Yeah. They should have won that game by six. Oh, I mean, it, it, and it wasn't like they weren't trying either. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, no. they were... They were like, that was the thing that was interesting to me was watching them, you know, go for the Nas, if you will, Fast and Furious style. And they weren't able to actually they weren't able to get it. The number one team in the country is in action with a road test against a team that certainly the alma mater of one of uh, one of the two hosts on this show. Also, it's a different type test than they've had all year. Also, Penn State, Michigan, we'll get into all the big games this weekend. Stick around. You're listening to BetQLU.
0: You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright.
1: Hey, we welcome you back to BetQLU. I am Jeffrey Wright. He is RJ Choppy. We've got some ranked teams going on the road against unranked teams this weekend. Currently, if you're watching us live on the BetQL Network, Cincinnati taking on USF, RJ is going to be in Knoxville for the number one team in the country taking on the Vols, Georgia currently minus 20 and a half. Michigan goes to Penn State. They're currently about a one point favorite on the road. The last six meetings in Happy Valley, Penn State has won five of the six. Notre Dame goes on the road to Virginia. Utah on the road against Arizona and then Arkansas goes on the road. The Battle of the Golden Boot They will be taking on LSU. They're currently about a two and a half point line. RJ, are there any teams that I just mentioned that you think would be on upset alert in those games? You know, in these games, I I don't know that I see a team that uh,
0: really is in danger. Uh, It it would take a long shot, like a big time long shot. Uh, It it would take a, a a Purdue over Michigan state, even though that was not this mega upset because Michigan state was probably begging for a loss at some point. Anyway, I don't know that I see a team uh, that, that's highly rated going on the road that is in danger of losing i just, i just don't know that i see it i mean I, it, it wouldn't as i'm saying it can't happen like nobody predicted alabama losing to A&M. Uh, so i'm I did not right so i'm saying it can't happen but i would be surprised if if really any of
1: those teams faltered you let's let's talk about the the michigan penn state game michigan is going to be on my card during the next segment. But yeah, you know, there is still this idea of Harbaugh on the road as a road favorite. It's typically not a great setting, as I just mentioned. Not only has not only has Penn State won five of the last six at home against Michigan, they've covered in four of them. You know, when you look at that game, how how do you see if if I tell you Penn State wins, I don't think either of us are 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 all that surprised. Yeah. But how do you think that actually happens? Like, what does that look
0: like? It looks like a lot of turnovers by Michigan. It looks like, uh, you know, they turn the ball over, give Penn State short fields. Uh, the other way it happens is they settle for field goals, right? That, that's how road teams – that's how road favorites lose. And Harbaugh, let's like that, be real, that's how he lost the Michigan State game. Yep, yep. It's how Ohio State – well, I, I should say – it's how Scott Frost cost himself last week against Ohio State. Kick field goals. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't really see this. And, and this is one of the things that, that, that I always, the idea that Harbaugh and road games, okay, to me, that's, that's very similar to an NFL team saying, ah, I'm going to stay away from, uh, uh, Justin Fields, Ohio State quarterback stink in the NFL. Like year to year, does it really matter? Does it really play it? like what Jim Harbaugh did 40 years ago on the road? Does that have anything to do with this team right now?
1: No, I, I, I'm i with you. I mean, I think there's an element of overthinking it because of trends. Also, though, if you want to trend in Michigan's favor under James Franklin, Penn State's just two and 12 against AP top 10 opponents. And I mean, there is kind of an element of we mentioned it with SMU and their coach coaching situation. I don't think the rumors of James Franklin to USC are dying down. Like, I do kind of wonder where that team is mentally. I did not think they were that impressive against Maryland last week. I, they covered, but yet if you watched it, it was like a pick six down at the end. It was, it was a bad beat if you were on Maryland. This isn't really a team that I feel like it feels like their best moment this year has been playing Ohio State close. Yeah,
0: it, it's, a, it's a situation like, you know, uh, what is a bigger deal? Jim Harbaugh's road woes or Penn State quitting on their coach. It's clearly yeah. Penn State quitting on their coach. Um, you know, it's whether or not their quarterback is healthy. It's whether or not Michigan uh, is going to be able to convert red zone touches into touchdowns. Uh, that, that, thats I think to me, that's, that's far bigger deal uh, than it is whether or not, you know, Jim wins road games or, you know, the last time. Michigan beat Penn State on the road, or or any of that. Uh, now that said, doesn't mean that this is a gimme game. I mean, there, there's a reason why Vegas put the number so low. Yeah, uh, this is a top ten team playing uh, against a team that is not a top ten team by any stretch. Uh, that lost
1: Illinois, and they're they're not even giving up a field goal. Okay. Oh, no, I mean, it is one of these situations where I do think, weirdly, the game being at noon is a, is beneficial to Michigan in particular, I mean, you know, we know what that, we know what that environment's like at a night game. If They would have made it a whiteout or something. I do think the fact that it is a noon game is certainly plays into Michigan's hands, but I kind of see it the same way you do. Illinois could run on Penn state feel pretty good about Michigan being able to run on Penn state.
0: I I do too. I I think Michigan will be able to run on them and, and I think they'll be able to score and and, and Michigan's defense has been very good. Uh, And and Penn state, Look, we saw Penn State struggle to score with Illinois. We saw them go scoreless in the first half against Wisconsin. This offense could put up some duds, man. And and I don't know that this is going to be any different.
1: Yeah, it's an offense that's completely dependent on Dotson in the passing game and then Clifford really making plays to Dotson. And I just feel like when you only have one real way to attack Michigan defensively or on the offensive end, I I feel like that plays into Michigan's hands. All right, let's get into actual games that we will be betting on. Let's find out who we're putting on Upset Alert. Upset Alert. All right, RJ, I gotta be honest with you. I kinda had to search far and wide. You got any You got any dogs that you like this week outright? I, I had to search uh,
0: pretty, I had to go pretty hard into this uh, search here for this one. Uh, Cause you know, I, I don't really consider uh, you know, if NC State beats Wake Forest, that's some major upset, right? I'm uh, with you. So I went with I went with a team here in my backyard that I got to see pretty well last week. Uh, and I'm going with TCU, putting Oklahoma State on upset alert. It's a 12-point spread. Uh, TCU, this is the theory of the new coach. You get a coaching change. It's no different than you get a speeding ticket. And all of a sudden, you're driving the speed of them for the next uh, couple of weeks. I got a speeding ticket a few weeks ago. I'm back to my old ways. But for those couple of weeks, I was on my team's That I was yes, safe. I was absolutely. a safe driver, okay? Safe driver, kids. I think the same thing happens here. You know, TCU, Gary, they had quit on Gary. Uh, it's hard to say. Dude's got a statue outside A McCarter Carter Stadium. Uh, but they quit on him. His message wasn't resonating anymore. Now these players do not want to put bad games on tape. They're putting good games on tape for when they enter the transfer portal or for when the new coach comes in. Whenever Sonny Dykes decides that he wants to you know, drive down I-30 and leave mm-hmm. SMU and go right to Fort Worth, that's when they're going to figure out uh, you know, that that's what they might stop. But right now, these guys are putting good games on tape. This is a talented TCU team, and that's why Gary lost his job because TCU saw that this was probably one of the more talented teams in the last decade. Uh, or at least the last five years, and they had one of the worst seasons that they've had under Gary Patterson. So I got Oklahoma State a little bit
1: of upset alert this week. I don't hate the it's a free agent year uh, play yeah. there. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean, okay. I, 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 I don't hate that. All right. There are three games that I'd circled. Actually, there are four games that I'd circled. I'll be honest. I told you, I don't love any of these. But here are the ones that I think make all the sense in the world to me. Minnesota plus 170. They're taking on Iowa. I don't know how you can believe that Iowa's offense isn't capable of losing any game Minnesota. You got a you got a low point total You got 37 and a half. It feels like the biggest plays of that game are going to be four yard runs. I just think at that at that point one mistake can end up being the difference in the game. And I think Minnesota has a legitimate chance there at plus 170. I like the value there. For all the reasons that we've mentioned with SMU, I kind of like UCF at plus 225. UCF is going to be able to run the football. I watched an SMU team come into Memphis last week lifeless, and I don't know lifeless. if that was a, more of a result of of the way that they lost to Houston, which was obviously backbreaking and demoralizing, or the fact that there's public reports that their coach has an extension sitting on his desk and he refuses to sign it. I, I can see that one easily with UCF plus 225. Also, East Carolina, plus 175. This is not the East Carolina of the last few years. This is a team, they both come in at five and four. They're taking on Memphis, both are five and four. Memphis got the big win last week against SMU. But if you think back to when Memphis beat Mississippi State in the crazy officiating blunder, they turned right around the next week and lost to UTSA. I think this is a pretty good spot for them. ECU is very, very competitive and they play really hard. And then the other one, It's a much smaller line. I got my eye on this Ole Miss Texas A&M game. It screams to me based on the way both teams have been playing right now. If you look at current form, it screams to me that A&M should be more like a seven point favorite. And this line has really pretty much stayed right around two and a half, two. And there's all the money on Texas A&M. I just have my antenna up on that one. I think that maybe the right play there is Ole Miss. And the reason why I can make a case for Ole Miss, Texas A&M hasn't had a true road game since Missouri. And that was not really a true road game. That certainly wasn't (laughs) That wasn't a test. (laughs) Ole Miss is going to have game day. It's a night game. This fan base has been begging for a home night game. We saw how the, the crowd got up for the LSU game. I can see that being an issue. And then furthermore, RJ, I cannot get out the image of my brain of watching Zach Calzada get his shoulder popped back in place on national television. I know Corral is also banged up, but Calzada, I mean, you're one play away with a guy that just separated his shoulder last week from going to a walk-on freshman quarterback with AM. and Just think it's a decent spot for Ole Miss. Have you never popped your
0: shoulder back in place on, that, on I live have TV? Not.
1: No. Oh, not. man. I also – I'm pretty sure he was concussed on the play, too, but (laughs) it was because he took a shot right to the head and then separated his shoulder. And I think the concussion might have helped ease the pain. But I mean, watching watching the agony that he was in as they popped his shoulder back into place, that was something I wish upon no one.
0: Yeah. Oh, look, it, it looked like it was in so much pain. You know, I, I I like that bet. Uh, I, I'm interested about that Minnesota game because, you know, what a what a disaster of a week they had last week. Like that, like if I'm PJ Fleck, that's embarrassing. Like you you rode that boat backwards, brother. Like that boat didn't go anywhere. That thing rode backwards, and and that. So I, it is. They are due. They are due for that bounce back. That's one of those the coach kicks you in the in the rear end all week. Uh, because you you did nothing, uh, but you know you're. It is interesting about. I mean, we're we're talking about late no we're we're mid November, and A
1: and is playing their first true road game. I know, like what? How how is that a thing? You get the you get the Arkansas game. Uh, they played Colorado on the road in Denver. I mean, yeah. and there was, you know, 15 to 20,000 people there. It looked like there was many A&M fans as there were Colorado. But, you know, I, I, I just kind of look at Iowa's offense has not inspired confidence. I, you know, with, with Minnesota there, I also just kind of like the – when you talk about the motivation factor, did you see Illinois' punter rowing the boat last yes. week against uh, against Minnesota? If that's not a gut check, I don't know what is. Like if that doesn't yeah. motivate you to play better no. this week.
0: the starts to Yeah, when the punter no. starts to go down that Cassius marsh road, uh, and starts taunting you, you know you're you know you, you know it's a bad week. Um, but no, I guess you're right. I mean A and M, they played a couple of neutral site games and but dude, like that's a Florida Gator schedule right there where you don't leave the oh, yeah. state until November.
1: Like oh, that, yeah. that is just uh uh-uh, uh man, that's crazy. What about your Vols? Your Vols are taking it on Georgia. And I know you mentioned you just want an entertaining game in the fourth quarter. That's what you're hoping for. I do think this is an interesting test for Georgia from this perspective. This is clearly the best offense they've played all year. But more importantly, this is the best vertical passing game that they're going to see all year. And when we look at historically the Kirby Smart defense, the Nick Saban defense, when they get got, if you will, it's when teams are able to chunk it vertically on them. When you look at this matchup, I mean, obviously, you know, you're you're rooting for your Vols. How much faith do you have that they can test them?
0: Uh, a little. The problem is that Tennessee can't come become one-dimensional. Like, all defenses become great when they know what you're gonna do. They all do. They they all become great. I, problem is, I don't know that you can a block Georgia and b run on Georgia. And, and if you can't, like, by default, you're becoming one-dimensional. If, if they can give Hooker three seconds to throw, they got a chance of of, of not, not winning the game, but scaring them. Like, Georgia needs to play a fourth quarter. They need to play a fourth quarter before they get to Alabama. Because when they get to Alabama, they're
1: absolutely going to play a fourth quarter. If you're looking for a BetQL five-star money line dog, Arkansas State is a five-star Moneyline dog against Louisiana Monroe. They're on the road, they're plus 115. Listen, anytime you got a chance to take Butch Jones against Terry Bowden in a game in the year of 2021 (laughs) of our Lord, I think sometimes you just have to consider it. BetQL's model shows Arkansas should be minus 163. Instead, you're getting plus 115. We come back, we got RJ's head fake games. We also have the betting card. We do all that next right here. BetQLU.
0: You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey
1: Wright. Welcome back to BetQLU. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. It's time for one of my favorite segments of the week. Let's get into RJ's head fake game. Head fake games.
0: All right. So my head fake game this week, and, and as a brief reminder the head fake game is is pretty simple it's you're a betting syndicate this make believe betting syndicate and you're trying to move the line you know that whenever you place a bet the line moves it moves you know based on what you're going to do well you're trying to move the line in your favor so if you think a team that is favored by 7 is going to cover you do a small bet on the dog Hope the line moves down a little bit so you get a better line for you. Hammer them over the top. Well, this week, I am going with Notre Dame. First of all, 92% of the sharp money, of the pro money, is on Notre Dame. 92%. It's right now a five, five five-and-a-half point spread, depending on where you can get it. I'm trying to get this thing down to about three. I'm trying to get it down to a field goal if I can. It's probably not going to happen you're going to try anyway i'm going to come in with a small wager a small wager on virginia and then when the line drops hammer notre dame over the top there's your head fake so you get notre dame at a
1: more advantageous position uh, i i'm with you the only thing that scares me about this game is the fact that it's only five and a half but i think notre dame's kind of been undervalued all year so again if you're going to get me down to three i'm taking it but spoiler alert uh, i'll be taking it at five and a half as well because now it's time to get into the cards let's do it
0: the betting card
1: all right rj i yield to you
0: all right uh i don't have nearly as uh big of a betting card as you usually do and that's the same this week uh i'm gonna have let's see we we'll want to do that like seven games plus my famed pizza money parlay uh, let's go with michigan minus one and a half against penn State uh 83 percent of the sharp money is on michigan you know this is one of those scary lines like we saw with michigan nebraska like why is michigan just a three-point favorite here uh why are there just one and a half points this is a team that is top 10 against the team that's basically quit a little scary i'm not scared not here not with this one i like the over in tcu oklahoma state i'm breaking a big rule when you take a dog, you want to take the under as well, usually with it. But I, I just see this as TCU is going to score with Oklahoma State. Give me the over 54 and a half and TCU plus the 12 little double play there for you. I I have obviously not learned my lesson about Wake Forest and what happened last week and how they blew that game against North Carolina. A couple of Sams at quarterback and one of them won. One of, well, Sam was going to win. A couple Sam of Sam H's. Yeah, that's right. Sam, Howell and Howell. Sam Hartwell, yeah. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm i taking Wake here. I'm taking Wake minus the two. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ride Wake until they bite me again. Uh, that's the last time they're going to bite me if they do. Uh, obviously, I like Notre Dame minus the five, five and a half uh, against Virginia. Uh, the Manny Diaz special, 78% of the money is on Miami. I'm taking Miami, Miami minus the two and a half. And I... I i know he hasn't covered at the rate he has throughout the rest of his career. But screaming, covering Sammy Pittman and Arkansas minus
1: the two and a half, I like the Hogs. I mean, the only thing that we are – the only true difference that we have is I am taking the under in TCU only because it's supposed to be windy in Fort Worth tomorrow. I know you'll be in Knoxville enjoying a cocktail and watching your yes. – I believe it's supposed to be windy tomorrow. Yes, it's oh, its Texas in the fall. It's always windy, uh, and that uh, also, is one of those open air. Last two seasons, when Gundy has become more of a defensive-minded uh, head coach at this point, the under 13 and six for Woo. Oklahoma State. All right, let's get into the card. I too am on Michigan against Penn State. I look at it this way, RJ Harbaugh, against an opponent that you would think he should lose to. Key key ingredient here, though, Penn State's not ranked. So now he's not on the road against a ranked team. He's on the road against an unranked team. Pretty good in that setting. I'm going to, tr- if you want to talk about getting burned again, I'm going to spring the trap. Give me Oklahoma minus five and a half. I think Ooh. with the bye week, they really needed to get healthy. I think they're going to get their secondary back. I think it was also important for Caleb Williams. When you have a when you have a bye week with a mid-season quarterback change, I think it's a good spot for them. I like them under a touchdown. Give me OU minus five and a half. Auburn and Mississippi State, Auburn's pretty simple. If they're going up against a team that doesn't have an elite defensive line, take Auburn, take an Auburn minus five and a half. Mississippi State has a solid defense, but they're not, they are certainly not Texas A&M, nor are they Georgia. I'm taking the under in Alabama and New Mexico State. It's at 67 for much of the same reasons that you've mentioned on some other games. Sharps are all over this also. I don't think Alabama is going to want to cover 67 by themselves, and I'm not sure it's New Mexico is going to score a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just don't think they're going to cover it on their own. SMU and UCF, I'm taking UCF plus seven. This is my principle. I think SMU, you see this often in the American, when a coach is clearly leaving, and it's always a good time to go find go find that team. Gus Ranzon's not going anywhere. Give me UCF plus the seven. Georgia Tech should not be favored against anyone. Can we agree on that? Uh, thousand percent. Should not be favored at all. Give me Phil Dracovic and Boston College at plus one and a half. I'm taking the under in Iowa State, Texas Tech. We got a Texas fall day over in Lubbock. Lots of wind. I don't think that's good for either quarterback. And we're not in Brocktober anymore. We're out of Brocktober. It's now Brovember. So give me under 58 there. I would like to be wrong because I've enjoyed Tennessee being good this year or at least being competent this year. It's been it's been enjoyable to watch and for where I am in the market, it's good if Tennessee's good. There's there's added interest. I just do not know how Tennessee's going to block Georgia. And I I really I don't like with Tennessee's running backs also being out. That that hurts you in pass protection as well. This just screams to me of a game where Georgia just kind of imposes its will. We get BOA constrictor. Give me the dogs minus 20. I'm with you on Miami and Florida state. Miami is an explosive offense ever since they've turned to Van Dyke and Florida state gives up a lot of explosives in the past game. They are not a great tackling unit. Give me the canes minus two and a half. Uh, I also think Missouri has quit. Give me South Carolina minus one at Mizzou because South Carolina plays hard. Like they play annoyingly hard when you watch them. Give me them minus one. Uh, Give me Arizona State versus Washington. Give me Arizona State minus five and a half. I don't know how any human being can bet on Washington this week. Your coach gets suspended. It's widely reported he's getting suspended so that he can be fired. Also, they punted down eight in the fourth quarter. Like, I I just refuse. I cannot stand for that. Give me Arizona State minus five and a half. I mentioned it with Ole Miss. This is just one of those weird situations. Everybody is on A&M, and they're not moving this line. I also think that Ole Miss might be the type of team, like we saw with Arkansas, because they have an explosive offense, they can make Texas A&M uncomfortable. The last few weeks, Texas A&M's been able to like control the game script, get the game to their liking. I think Ole Miss might be in a position where they can actually make them uncomfortable. Give me the Rebels, plus two and a half. I'm on Notre Dame, minus five and a half with you. Brennan Armstrong, I think he's hurt. I also think that Virginia can't stop anyone. And I think Notre Dame's going to be able to control this game because they're just going to be able to run it right down their throat. I'm taking the Oklahoma State. TCU under at 54 and a half just because of the wind. I'm with you on Arkansas. The system rule for me with LSU is are they playing a physical team that can run it? And Arkansas is a physical team that can run it. I'll lay the two and a half and then my principal play. Oregon as a favorite, period. I'm fading them. Give me Washington State plus fourteen. Ooh, okay.
0: Well, that, that Washington situation last week with the coach hitting the player, and then, uh, uh, but the punt, the punt down, it, like that—that that was, that was That's a fireable that you offense. See. That's a fireable offense. There was two minutes left. Uh, like that's something you would see, like in the eighty. Not even in nineteen eighty, you would see that. Like they would still go for it at that point. Crazy. It was crazy. My, One of the worst
1: things I've ever seen. My favorite note on that was. Had Washington attempted, whatever, a 97-yard field goal, it would have given them just as good of a chance of winning the game as punting did.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> a great one. That's a great little nugget. It really, really is. Uh, and you're right. It is going to be windy uh, at Texas Tech this weekend. You better hope it's not a win from the West because that's what the cow farms are. And you know what smells. Yeah, that's a good the smell. Wind, it's a good smell. Don't be in Lubbock if the wind is out of the West. That's a rule. Rule number one.
1: Uh, there are four bet QL five-star bets. RJ, tell me if any of these is eyeing you. Northwestern right. plus 24.5 at Wisconsin. Northwestern two and six against the number. Wisconsin four and four. Southern Miss plus 33.5 at UTSA. Southern is one and eight against the spread. UTSA is eight and one. Arkansas State, as we mentioned During the upset alert, plus three is also a five-star bet. Arkansas State is four and five against the spread, while losing Monroe, three, five, and one. And then Western Kentucky at Rice. Rice plus 18 and a half is indeed a five-star bet. Also important to note, the Owls are two and seven against the number this year.
0: I, uh, I, I I don't think that's a terrible bet with Northwestern. I mean, Wisconsin's up 24 points better than Air right now. That's, uh,
1: right? Well, they are twenty-four points better than Rutgers. We did learn that last week.
0: Yeah, okay, right. but but a lot of people are. I don't mind that one. Yes. And then UTSA. UTSA is a solid team, man. Like they've got a they've got a good program down there. They're moving in. They're moving up conferences next year. What next year? Year after, uh, that, that's a pretty good program. And then by by just I have a rule. I bet against Butch Jones basically anytime I can.
1: Yeah, my my co-host on Bet QLU in the action is also a Tennessee guy. And he loves to just fade Butch Jones. That's one of his, that's Zaptic. one of his principal plays. He loves it as well. The other, I think the biggest, the biggest endorsement for Jeff Trailer is it feels like every single week I look at metrics, everyone, every number says fade UTSA. They just keep covering. And to me, like yeah. that is the ultimate example of a well-coached team and they are dependable. And it's just really remarkable. The job that he has done there.
0: Fade at your own risk. Uh, he has done a tremendous job. And you know, there are two schools in this state uh, that are uh, are not in the DFW area. One is Houston uh, and one is UT San Antonio that have basically the entire city at their disposal for the players that don't get recruited by Tech, Texas A&M and Texas.
1: We're here each and every Friday night at 11 Eastern. Also when you wake up all morning long. Then once the games kick off, it's BetQLU in the action. Eight hours of in-depth college football preview and reaction It's all on BetQL. It's all available on the Odyssey app. I'm Jeffrey Wright. He's RJ Choppy. Thanks for listening to and watching BetQLU.